Uh, hey everyone, thanks for joining us. This is the BizDev Podcast. This is our podcast about business, development, startups, and pretty much whatever else we find interesting. Fair enough. I'm David Baxter. I'm the Chief Pixel at Big Pixel, a startup development agency. Um, and I'm joined by, as always, by Gary Voigt. I am the head pixel crafter or creative director, Big Pixel Agency. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so today I wanted to close the loop. So we this is our third episode for anybody paying attention. Um, we have, for some reason, brought up the Apple lawsuits in each and every one. And this is going to be the last time, probably for a long time. But I wanted to close the loop on that just real quick. Because so, they were listening to us. <laughs> That's right. Every, right after every we, time we brought it up and then right. something happened, we brought up the next event, something happened. And yeah, serendipity. Obviously, we are very powerful people. No, it is funny, though. As soon as we finished recording last week, they announced the verdict of all the lawsuits we've been talking about. So Epic, again, real quick, had sued them months and months ago because they wanted to allow um, payment of their own stuff so they didn't have to take pay the 30% cut. In the end, um, Epic lost, uh, just flat out. They lost, and but they won one point, which probably for startups and businesses is the only point that actually matters. Apple was required, and they haven't appealed this yet, but I assume they will. But within two months, they have to allow buttons, which we talked about last time, that in the Europe, or sorry, in Korea, they passed a law that said, hey, you have to allow a link to a single link or button to your uh, payment. Payment process. Yeah, thank you. Um, and that was one link. And there was this really dry kind of small win. This time they kind of blew the doors off of that. So basically the U.S. court said you have to allow app developers to give a button or a link that is allows you to go to another payment processor. If someone wants to dodge Apple's 30%, they can. They so now they not. can sell their products through mm -hmm. their own platform, through their own payment process, and they're allowed to put that link in navigation into the app without Apple poo-pooing on that idea or, or trying to steal any revenue from sold products. But what they didn't win was you can't remove Apple from the equation. The judge very clearly said Apple is not a monopoly for this and you can't, and they deserve to make money off of it. So basically you can't say no Apple button at all, but you can have another button that goes to yours. So you offer the thing that Apple makes their 30% on, and then you can... I'm sure Apple will have rules on how well you can promote that button or, you know, push this one here and and you save a 50 percent or, you know, they're not going to they're not going to allow that. But they they now allow two buttons. So that's a big so deal. It, it, it's a win for for smaller businesses and for developers that are selling products outside of the, the Apple ecosystem. But at the same time, um, like you said, Apple's able to hold on to that. I guess they built the platform. And it is the most popular app platform out there. So, yeah, I understand that. Well, it's not a monopoly. They still deserve to get some of that revenue. It's going to be interesting to see if it's like a 50-50 when it comes to the like the visual of how these buttons, if they have to be mm -hmm. side by side. or there's Yeah, all of that is still to be visual and some design specs that they're going to have to follow. Just like any of Apple's UI stuff. Their human My interface design is going to have definite requirements. My guess is they're going to say, hey, you can have a button here, 
but it can't be bigger than ours. You can't hide our button and you can't put promotional text around your button to encourage people to click your button, right? They have to put on equal equal terms or Apple gets the bigger one. They're fine with that too. Who No one would ever do that. But yeah, big Apple button and a tiny little text <laughs> next to it saying, or on our website. I mean, they could say something like the Apple button must be two times the size of the regular. <laughs> they absolutely could do that. I wouldn't put that past Apple. Well, I mean, Apple is always pretty good when it comes to the aesthetic. So they're probably going to want it to look a certain way. So they'll probably provide a two button file. Like so you have to use this, whether it's going to stack, you know, vertically or if it's going to be side by side horizontally. And then just one of the buttons, you would just have to plug in your link. It'll probably be the same. You won't so, be able to custom design your button probably. Yeah. You'll have to follow their certain guidelines. Just like if you were going to put anything up on their Apple store, you have to use their button as a way to promote it on their store. So I'm going to change subjects here real quick. There was big news today about Canva, not today, recently about Canva, which, uh, what they're the fifth most powerful startup right now. Is that, am I getting that right? Yeah. If you, if you want to call it big news, that's okay. <laughs> it's kind of funny from a designer's standpoint, it's a little ironic, but I can understand why. Yeah. Apparently the design platform, it was launched in 2013 and it started out as just a go to this website. You could change the text in a picture in this little flyer. And there you go. Just kind of a quick make it on your own type deal. And They've grown from there with their offerings as far as templated design. Basically, it's for anybody who doesn't have a lot of design skill or doesn't have the bandwidth to hire a designer to make stuff. I'm pretty sure it started with like birthday party invitations and things like that. But they've grown it into where now you can create presentations, video bumpers, social media posts, posters, logos, flyers, you know, all kinds of quote unquote, creative digital art. And so, they have a huge, huge number of memberships. So you as a designer are not a big fan of Canva. Is that is that safe to say? That is extremely safe to say. When it comes to creating design from a designer's perspective with a different tool, uh, you want as much control and freedom as possible. Um, because you it, already have the idea in your head that you need to get out there and you want to do it. Canva is something that kind of has like, hey, here's a bunch of other people's ideas. Go ahead and change the text, the colors, photos, and then make it your own, which, you know, in, in some cases it works. Yeah, there's but, a place for that, right? This is the, yeah. to me, this is the Squarespace Wix of social media design, right? Like people exactly. come to us when we are built and they say, hey, I need a website, right? They're a new, brand new company. I'm just getting my foot in out in the door, out the door, stuck in the door, something like that. <clears throat> they are want. They don't have much budget, and they come to us and they say, "Hey, I need a website." And I'm like, "Let's talk about it." And then they find out our pricing. We're not for noobs typically, um, and they're like, "Hey, well, I can't afford that." That's fair, and I, and I'll say, "Hey, go to Squarespace. They have a great product. You know, go to them. You can get up and running for pretty cheap." You can hire a designer who can make that look even better than what you could do. Save yourself a lot of money. I have no problem doing that. as, And I don't find that as a threat. People ask if I find those things to be a threat to our business. Absolutely not. But no. to me, Canva... I don't think any, an agency like us or ourselves, um, with what we do and 
how we do create custom, not just design, but like the whole strategy is kind of wrapped mm-hmm. around what the client's end goal is and, and to help their business. So you, you can't just use cookie cutter stuff for, you know, a beginning to end strategic solution to help them. But, but if you're a brand if you're new a guy, small, yeah, if you're yeah. a small company who's just trying to throw something out there and see if it sticks and you need some promotion, then a tool like Canva is probably super easy to use and it's definitely affordable because it's free on most counts until you want to actually produce things without, you know, watermarks or anything with like a higher res output, you're going to have to buy a pro account. But well, I think, I think from a startup perspective, I think Canva has a place. I think eventually you're going to grow and hopefully you'll grow as a startup. You will grow and, and be able to have your own marketing team who would never use Canva. But in the yeah. in between, and the other big market, of course, is like schools and stuff. My kids use it. They love it. Um, building little presentations for their school and all that. Yeah, I'm assuming that most of their memberships come from big educational organizations and, and maybe even companies like i guess remax is one of their companies that they tout so i'm sure all the remax agents are probably given a, a quick little like hey and if use our business card template that we have in canva use our yeah. postcard template that we have in canva use this and that in canva i mean right now it said after this last uh i guess they just raised another 200 million dollars and put them at a 40 billion dollar valuation 40 billion dollars uh, it's I an mean, australian company that and is now so it's great. the fifth most valuable private startup in the world i mean you're talking 40 billion dollars i mean there's some really big companies that aren't 40 billion dollars it has like, over I, 60 million monthly active users over 190 countries companies like salesforce marriott and paypal use them in their enterprise plan. So I can understand now PayPal, if you have a business account on PayPal, you're taking payments, making payments, you know, for a small business. And then they're like, oh, hey, by the way, if you want your invoices to be branded with your logo, use this. And it's probably a plugin with Canva. So that's probably how they're getting all these extra memberships or whatever, just plug it into other so you're saying Canvas, uh, Canva, I say that wrong every time. Canva well, is supposed to be Canvas, Canva. That's the whole namesake. That's the whole, yes, they're playing on the words so they can market it. I get it. They're worth $40 billion. Now, Ford Motor Company is worth $48 billion. I mean, that to me, <laughs> that tells you how silly the tech company valuations are. Because there's, this is Ford, Ford, who has hundreds of factories all over the world. They make thousands, if not millions of cars. And okay. Yeah. So let's say uh, newspapers or companies that make ads for Ford vehicles, like if it's a used car lot that has to use Ford's branded, you know, advertising or or flyers in their sales, if they're all creating those ads in Canva. So then (laughs) since Canva is the bigger company than Ford, they could strong arm. (laughs) I mean, eBay is worth 44 billion. Dollar Tree is worth 27 billion. I mean, it's just so crazy to me that a company that's been around just a couple of few years is, according to somebody, worth more than Dollar Tree, which has, what, 1,100 stores or something around the... Everyone has right, Dollar Tree. Right now, they only have a staff of like 2,000 people. So I'm sure the valuation comes for how little they're spending on their operations and how many you know memberships just keep funneling money into their well and it's potential right that's what that's what i've always heard when it comes yeah they're supposed to be expanding their quote-unquote pro membership services so but again as a design snob if you want to call me that 
I will totally call you a design snob. You've earned that. Yeah. There's, from my end, I've seen plenty of limits. Um, you know, anything that's going to be custom and professional, when you're at that point, you're going to hire a professional. I, I mean, you can hire right now designers on Fiverr that are going to use Canvas specifically for you. Well, I, I think so another place. Kind of I just think together, that at some point you're going to outgrow it. Yeah. Smaller companies, new startups definitely can use this. But again, yeah, the design, the design snob in me kind of just <laughs> rolls his eyes and looks at it like, oh, it's like Trash. Microsoft publisher. Well, yeah, that's yeah. When when I started, I'm going to date myself again. When I started, people would say, hey, I don't need you to build a website. I have Microsoft publisher. And I, oh, OK, you know, and. And fine, you do that. I'll keep doing what I'm doing and we'll see where we end up. Right. But, uh, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to say Canva is Microsoft publisher because that was true trash, but at least Canva has a value. I think uh, obviously a quite a good one. Um, I want to change gears a little bit and talk uh, about some more startupy specific stuff. So one of the things that one of my soapboxes I like to get on pretty regularly is when I talk to new startups is revenue versus user acquisition. And this is a, a hot button for a lot of startups because people want to, they want to start their company and they want to get as many users as possible um, to jump on board. And then they'll think about money later. That's a really common thing. Um, and it, and it ties into lots of soapboxes I have, but I'll do they to feel as though the, the amount of users is going to cushion them. From the money factor, well, or so it's going to be like a failsafe where the more users, then we don't have to worry about money as as much. They because the, we have the, the, the thought is if you have a lot of people using your app, whatever it is, that you can figure out revenue later. If I have twenty percent of my market doing um, X, whatever twenty percent of my market that I'm trying to do is using it, I'm dominating in that space then I can figure out how to make money later. I mean, it's a classic, uh, Uber has not made any money. They, they all do this, right? All the big boys and everyone gets excited okay. about this because that's also where you get the n big numbers, right? Because just like we we're talking about with Canva, that valuation is based off of what is the investors Potential. believe is going to happen. Right? Okay, so I remember a story coming about years ago. Uh, again, I'm not dating myself as far back as publisher, but. Uh, there was a website called Rap Genius. When that came out, they had a huge valuation and no one understood how in the world they could ever make money. They're like, it's a website where people are publishing their thoughts on rap lyrics. Yeah. What it's, in the world is that? Someone thinks it's, it's, it's all about potential. So it's the same thing that Tesla is worth more than all of the car companies almost combined in some cases. And obviously they're not on paper. But it's the potential. Tesla could change the world with electric cars, which they're, you know, doing their thing. They, they've they already definitely made that push. Like, yeah. And so with Ford following suit. Porsche that's where that like Uber and Twitter, Twitter didn't make a single dollar in profit for 12 years, 12 years. And so they, they can they do that because they're borrowing other people's money. Right. That works. That's, yeah, okay. That's that's how that works. And we can talk about lifestyle versus raising money in, in, a, in another episode because that's another one of my sticking points. But what I'm, my point is here is a lot of startups will come to us and say, hey, I've got this great idea. I'm going to raise money and then I'm going to grab as many users as possible. And I will push back on them saying, you need to think about revenue first. 
your big, and I wrote an article, a blog article about this forever ago, but it was dream revenue first, dream second, because people have these grand ideas because they want these big valuations. They want to raise all this money. And they do that based off of user acquisition. I have 50 million users. So therefore I am worth $20 billion. But most of the time, what that means is you're never going to make a dollar and you're going to fail. That's just reality. Startups fail. 80% of them fail within two years. Of the ones that last two years, another 80% die within five years. So, I mean, that's a really rough number to do. And that number goes to almost 100 unless you start making money. And so that's one of the things I encourage startups pretty heavily is to go for the money. Figure out what your revenue strategy is as early as possible, rather than shooting for the stars, spending other people's money and hoping that you'll figure it out later. That's a, now, that's a big deal. What is the downside uh, for the company if, if they do the user first thing and just try to acquire users and they're not really strategizing the revenue and they do fail? Other than that, are they going to have to repay the investors all that money so if you more of a if you take money from a up from an investor the i mean there's a million ways to do this and i'm certainly not an expert on that side of the fence but generally speaking that investor knows there's risk involved so i give right. you a hundred thousand dollars gary who is building the next blah and i believe in gary and i believe in your idea and i want to be a part of that and what I'll say is, okay, for that $100,000, especially early on, when you're basically vapor, um, the you can be really, really screwed if you're the uh, startup because you need money and, and that importance of money is going to be outsized at an early stage. And the investor knows that. So they're gonna, I'm going to give you $100,000, but I'm going to take 30% of your company, which is crazy, right? That's just, yeah. that's a lot of money or a lot of, percentage for that. But they do that because they're like, this is a huge risk. But if you don't, if you fail, you burn that dude's money and you make no money, whatever, and you go out of business, you don't owe them any money back. That's usually the agreement. That's the investor knows that. Which um, is it's not like a loan. exactly why all these smaller companies are just shooting for the stars with other people's money. Yeah, because they don't have to pay back. I mean, right. You don't, you're, it, the further away you are from payment, this is a, a sociological thing. The further you are away from paying something, the less valuable money is. I, I, one of my other favorite podcasts is Freakonomics. And uh, they did a study, I think it was Freakonomics. I'm probably quoting that wrong. It doesn't matter. They, uh, they did a study though, a scientist did a study that um, they made people pay for pizza. And one group, they said, you have to pay a dollar per, or I'm sorry, 25 cents per bite. And they measured how much pizza people ate. Then you had to pay a dollar per slice and measured that. And then they say, you'll owe me a dollar per slice in two weeks. And they found that the people who didn't have to pay for two weeks ate like two times as much pizza. I'm getting those numbers wrong. But like someone who ate 25 cents per bite, they ate like barely a piece, right? Because it was like, Every time they were reminded that you they just had broke to down, pay for it. you just broke down the whole like credit system in the United States. You broke yeah. down the whole uh, payment. What is it? The 
instant payment loans like that. Absolutely. This model. is very, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm probably off in the weeds now, but this is huge. This is how Vegas works because yeah. you don't ever spend money. You spend tokens, right? This is how arcades, when you were a kid work, you put a dollar in, you get tokens. They're not real money anymore. This is how health insurance works. You don't pay for your doctor's visit. Someone else does. And then you pay later. All of this works that way. And startups do too. Startups work where if you're borrowing someone else's money, it's not, a, you, you're on the good side is you can aim for the stars because you don't have to worry about it. You don't feel the pressure of it. You but don't feel the, the pressure, time, but I, you don't feel the pressure of it. Every single one of our clients, I absolutely turn that on its head and I recommend that they feel every bit of that pressure. Because if you have to pay your own way, you're going to think differently about your company. You're going to think about, you know, making sure you have a, an outstanding product and not that other, the other route doesn't, but you have to make money. Otherwise you go broke immediately, right? With, you know, you have a runway that either is your own money or whatever, but you've got to pay for the app has to pay for itself very quickly. And so we always try to recommend for new startups to focus on revenue. When you launch day one, you should have a way that that makes money. It shouldn't be free because free means you have to have a ton of servers because you're going to have a ton of users, right? So you have a ton of money going out and then you have to have customer service and you have to have this, that, and the other. And all of this costs a fortune and none of them are paying you a dollar. This is the whole concept of whales. Have you ever heard of that? Yes. So for those who haven't, the video games are notorious. Like this came from video games. Most video games such as Clash of Clans, um, what's the Candy Crush? That's the other huge one. That's like this. Like one to 2% of their players actually pay a dollar. But they some of those guys pay $500,000 to get their little trinkets. And those are called whales. And the same thing is true. You now have to rely on 2% of, 2 to 10% of your users to actually pay you any money and the rest are free. Canva is the same thing. They did the same thing. They have to raise more money because they're not making any profit. This is right. exactly that case. And so when it, from a startup perspective, you're brand new, you're a local guy or gal, you don't, they don't think about that. I'm just going to raise money and move on from there. I would recommend the absolute opposite way. You need to, if you want to be successful, you need to raise, you need to raise your own money, right? You can borrow other people's money. I'm not saying don't get investors. We could talk about that more later, but you just want to stay away from the trendy model now of like, oh, hey, tech startup, let's get angel investors. Yeah. I mean, if you are, unless you're Biz Stone, biggest thing in the world or someone with a name, right? A big name, you're part of something. Y Combinator is a great thing where where money will just come in, right? Because you're associated with X or you've done this five times or whatever. That's not most people. And most startups are just regular people. One of the things I always am amazed at by doing this, everyone thinks of startups as these kids in a garage. They're 20 two years old, they're living on ramen. And that's, that's who startup entrepreneurs are. I will tell you from experience with working with dozens of startups, the most of them are like 40. Most of them have a career that is supporting these dreams. They're not who you think they are. And I want to encourage people who are older, like me, to to follow those dreams because you don't have, you haven't missed that opportunity, right? You're, you're not, you're not living in your mom's basement. You have kids and a mortgage. You think, Oh, I I have to have a job. Of course you have to have a job. 
But that doesn't mean you can't follow a dream and do something on the side and do something really awesome and build something and then make that revenue. I know I'm off in the weeds again, but it, no, but this is a very good point. And like you said, a lot of the people that work with us are the, the older investing in themselves for their dream type startup and going about that with the strategy that you provide with the revenue first model is definitely going to put them in a place where they're going to have a better chance at the success than just shooting in the dark. Yeah, with other I think, money. And, and I think you, it changes your calculus on what success means. And you're also valuing their plan more than just your plan. Like it's not just your plan to just take their money, build them whatever they want, and then, you know, walk out the door. You know, it's funny. I, I, when we started Big Pixel, when we, when I started Big Pixel, me and my wife, I should say we, but anyway, we, you know, when you start any business, and this is true for every startup on the planet, you will do almost anything for your bill rate, right? I will wash your car if you will pay my bill rate because yep. I need clients. I'm, I mean, As every a freelancer, you go into yeah. the same thing. When same I started thing. freelancing, it was like, what is, I don't want to undervalue myself, but I don't want to overvalue myself. So therefore I'll put out this number per hour and then deliver at probably a rate worth a lot more per hour just mm -hmm. to make, make stuff happen. And <laughs> they think that get people started. think that that makes them more successful, but, and that's fine. But what I, what, when we started big pixel startups came to us and we would build anything they wanted. Hey, you want to build a Twitter clone? Cool. And they would give us all their money. And I don't mean that like badly. They they had raised X number of dollars and they thought, and we didn't know this until after the fact, but they would spend all the money that they raised on the app. They would, you know, we'd build them something gorgeous, but they had no money for marketing. They had no, no wind in their sails anymore because they had spent it all on development and it died. And so we actually, my, my old project manager, Dion, hello, Dion, if you're ever hearing this, um, he said, he asked me a really hard question. This was like five years ago, six years ago. Are, are we helping or are we hurting? And man, that was a gut punch. Oh my gosh. Because I'm thinking I'm, I'm, I'm helping startups. I am, I am helping people achieve their dreams. And he's like, that guy just died because he ran out of money and you didn't know enough to tell him otherwise. Just, a, wow. just twist the knife, why don't you? And so it caused us to really rethink. And I'm, I'm going, this will have, make a point here in a second, I promise. Like you, we would take any job, but now that after that moment, and I completely credit Dion with this, um, we started asking the really hard questions. Hey, do you have more money than this? You know, you might need $50,000 to start an app. Okay, but if that's all your money, we don't want to work with you. Because I don't want to be responsible for taking all your money and watching your, your dream die. And so we started saying no a lot. And what's funny is when we started saying no, that's when we started growing. It's really weird. Like it, that shouldn't happen, but it absolutely did. Yeah, it, it's, it seems like you're investing in the people coming to you as much as they're investing in the product they want you to build. So when they see how you're holding them in a regard of respect, transparency, and actually trying to help their business. They, they're putting their trust in your hands with a little bit more confidence. And I think that is something through, especially referrals and word of mouth is going to go a, a long, long way instead of just 
countless amounts of startups just throwing cash at you to build whatever they think is going to be successful. So, and I don't want to make that sound like this is some big ad for our agency. That's not the point. The, the, the true point of this is no matter what your startup is, you need to think about your industry as a whole. Who is your customer as a whole so that you can fill their bucket using a, a term from the container store guys. Uh, my wife used to work at a container store. They had a big thing about filling each other's basket. Um, and it's the same sort of thing. You should think about your customer and how you can benefit them well outside of your own product. But are you helping? I think that's a, just an amazing question to ask. Are you helping your customer or hurting them? If you, and that could mean a hundred different things in a hundred different agencies, but I think it's worth asking that and making sure that you are providing a good value to each and every one of your customers and not just trying to get their money. And that's, that's how you want to build a successful business. That's how you do it. You, you make your clients, whatever your client is, whether it's they're buying your book or they're buying your spatula that you invented, or they're signing up for your tech startup, you are providing them value outside of just that one transaction. And so if I could encourage anybody to, when they're doing their startup to think larger than their own, just their little corner of their niche, and you, you will see greater returns. All right, I'm off my soapbox. No, that was really good. <laughs> you like my soapbox? All right, fair enough. I appreciate that. Um, All right, but I, well, before we end, yeah, yeah, yeah. jump on something more fun. Uh, the new, since we're going to go 360 with this Apple thing, the new Apple products that they just launched. Yes, and I will say it is Friday, the morning of Friday, uh, the 17th. 17th. And I, I've already bought my iPhone. Um, for someone I have who no shame. Uh, talks down about Apple as much as you right. might, <laughs> I own all of their products, except I don't own Mac computers. I'm a windows guy, uh, because I'm also a gamer and you can't game on Macs, or at least not unless you want to play world of Warcraft. Um, I mean, but yeah, so I bought the iPhone 13 pro this morning in the bright blue color. I buy one every year cause I'm a complete snot with no shame. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm very excited about it. I should get it next Friday. Um, probably right after we record our next episode, but my daughter is actually, the, the phones look great. They don't seem like a a huge update from the 12 just, but I was really disappointed in not seeing a new MacBook pro. That's coming. I have been salivating for the MacBook pro with the M1 or M1X. M1X is That's probably got like more cores for graphics support. I am just waiting so badly for that and it I think is it's so coming you know it's, it's the coming. global supply chain or something it's a conspiracy that they're not hooking me up I'm not <laughs> that's fair i do think though that anyone buying a mac right now like a computer mac you're an idiot i'm sorry yeah you're, you're when, when you get the emails from best buy saying 400 dollars off your macbook pro you know don't buy you a know pro it's coming one coming out <laughs> i mean no, i shouldn't say that let me back that up because you're not an idiot if you buy a macbook air right now because that's what you want that's a wonderful computer Unless you game and then don't get it. But if you're a professional and you're buying the Mac Pro right now. With the Intel processors still. It, well, even with the M1, that, which again is a beautiful, amazing chip. But the new one is, I think, going to be dramatically better. You, if you're a professional, just hold your horses. That computer's coming. Um, the, but the new phone, the, the thing I'm really excited about, one is um, the variable refresh rate. That sounds so stupid. I've never experienced it myself because I'm an Apple guy, but I know my Android friends 
they're like, this is amazing. And I'm so I'm really looking forward to that. I've um, heard that it's been in Android for quite a while now. It just years. Not very functional. Like it kind of works, kind of doesn't. Well, it's all or nothing, right? You either say, I am going to have this always at 120 hertz. And so it eats a little bit of your battery life. Not a ton, but a little bit. Now, Android phones have ginormous batteries. But but Apple is doing it the, the way Apple does things. Is it changes based on, based on how fast on you're moving your, your thumb. Yeah. yeah. Or pretty if, cool, it's, pretty cool. if it's a text-heavy area within view, it's down to like 10. Yeah. If you're watching video or scrolling, it's going up to 80, 90. Yeah, that's basic. It's pretty, pretty amazing. The other thing I'm excited about, and this is totally nerding out, is the new pros have that macro lens. I don't know when I'm ever going to use that, but I so want to take a picture of something really, really close up. I don't know why. I've never needed to before, but now I have to do it. Trust me. As soon as you start playing with it, macro lens is going to be so much fun for about two weeks. (laughs) That's right. And then I'll never use it again. It's kind of like live photos when those came out years ago. We all took them. And then we turn them off, except for our parents never turn them off. And so every picture they, don't they give you, turn them off. they don't know how to turn them off. So I get a, little videos all the time from my relatives. And you hear them in the background, like, is this in focus? And <laughs> right. around. Three second video of just, hey, and at least, at least they're not taking slow fees. That was a thing they tried and failed, right? I remember oh, that. It failed 30 seconds after they said the word. Yeah, <laughs> it's like they coined the word and no one said, no, we're not. Anyways. Um, the phone so I do want to encourage. This I want you to third, send me some video well, of the, uh, sorry, oh, jump in. I want, I no, want to no, see go some ahead, video with the rack focusing and the cinema quality. I, I'm, I'm very nervous about how well that's going to work. I mean- I understand that even in their promo, they're using the best case scenario of only sure. two heads in a room with a split difference so that the AI can obviously pick between the two heads and see, depending on the motion or whatever, focus on either one. But in real world scenario, I don't see that working so well. I don't think that they would put it out if it was hot garbage. I think one thing I will say about Apple is if they don't believe in the feature, at least on their phones. I'm not going to say that carte blanche, but at least on their phones, they believe that they're going to do a good job. Now, you're right. They are absolutely perfect um, in terms of they chose a medium lit room that had two exact faces that were exactly the right thing apart. So it looks amazing. But I bet you're going to get some really cool kid videos with that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Your kids are running by. Not and it's action stuff, but yeah, if it's just like your kid at the park, you know, other kids in the background are going to be blurred. He's going to be in focus. Like, yeah, that makes You're sense. You're going to have some neat, neat. And that to me, that's how I measure it. To me, it's like, I'm just a dude. I don't know anything about photography. I just want to take a cool picture easily. Yeah. And that's what and these being just a dude do. and not being a professional videographer. Like, I guess the new, the Pro Max or whatever it is, the 13 Pro. Is it Pro mm-hmm. Max or just Pro? There's Pro and Pro Max. Pro Max is for people with big hands. Well, they can record in ProRes, which is the you know super high quality resolution. Mm-hmm. But if you have the phone with only like 128 gig, you can you can't even record in that because the file size is so big that it won't even save it to your phone. So well, you have to the, buy the the maxed out one just to get a couple minutes of this ProRes video even on the phone, and then you're just going to have to automatically dump it and try again, dump it, try again. But a lot of those don't even show up in on anything but another Apple device. So I don't really understand. Oh, Maybe no, it that- wouldn't be it wouldn't be to show on any other devices. It would actually be for recording like TV quality commercials and stuff like that. I'm never going to turn that on. I always get the hundred the lowest storage because I don't I don't download anything on my phone. I have games 
And, but I'm only playing them for a few weeks before I get tired of them and delete them anyway. So I never fill up my phone. My photos are all deleted because they're all going up to Google photos, right? I don't keep anything on my phone. I pay the uh, $1 for the backup iCloud extra storage. Yeah, I'm on the 200 gig plan because of my family. Well, that's the kicker. I'm sorry. That's that's probably We're way off. But it kills me. <laughs> the, you have the five gig free thing, right? Or whatever. But now your backup on your phone is bigger than that. So that to me is like so wrong. I just, come on. Five gigs, it costs nothing. Anyway, uh, before we head out, before we head out, I want to put a call out to anyone who's got a startup or startup idea and you have questions uh, you have any thoughts, snide remarks, you want to make fun of me and Gary, all of that is is open. Um, I would love to hear from you. We'd love to um, read your questions in one of our future episodes. Um, so if you are interested, uh, send us your questions at hello at thebigpixel.net um, and we will read through them. And if we think we can give you some help, we will put them in a future episode. Uh, so I did want to end with that because we want to start collecting those and start answering those in our when I get on my little soapbox. And with that, I think it's time to wrap this up. Do you have anything else you want to add, Gary? No, no. I was just going to say, if you are going to submit your questions or whatever, um, seriously, believe that David will definitely try to give you a good answer. We're <laughs> it not, might not be a good answer, but I'm going to try. Well, no, we will definitely try. It's it's not just for us to kind of generate topics for the show because obviously we go on so many tangents. We're we're not short of topics. So, yeah, sure. With we'll that said, anything. yeah. All right, y'all. Well, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, hopefully, we you will subscribe. Um, and if you again have any questions, hello at thebigpixel.net. All right, thank you, everybody. See you See next you. time.